Okay, part two of the Jason Bond, Danielle Thomas um, situation. So we're sitting here at the kitchen table discussing this case. And uh, go ahead and introduce again real quick. I'm Elena. I'm Mom. And I don't have a saying right now. I want to get straight to the drink. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this is what? What Prosecco with Starburst. The Starburst flavor of your choice. And then you let it kind of... Dissolve Melt a, bit, a little yeah. bit. And um, mom and Sherry have cherry, mm-hmm. and I have strawberry. All right. Look at Taste it. Test. The color. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's really neat. Mm. That's not bad. No, that's actually really good. Thank you, Sherry. You're welcome. Mm hmm. All right, I'm going to have to say. What's the name of it? Prosecco with Starburst. (laughs) It doesn't have a fancy name. I don't know. There may be one. All right, so how do you rate it? Three. At three. But you have to remember, my bubbly is not a Prosecco. Yeah. Well, mine is. I'm saying three. I'm going to say three. Okay. All right, the three say three. Yeah. And just know, I mean, they're still going to dissolve. Yes, yes. I'll wait a bit. Mm-hmm. Probably get sweeter as we go. Uh, mm-hmm. I think so. Okay, so where we left off in the last um, episode was, you know, the 911 call goes out. They don't respond to the call. And then the next day, Danielle is found in the bathtub. Now, I want to get into the suspect just a little bit, which is Jason Bond. I mean, we all know he's the one that did it. He's been convicted but how they try to frame his defense and, you know, all of those details, I do want to get into a little bit. Okay, so the police, they need to find him at this point, you know, because is he the one that did this or is he also dead? You know, like they don't know, you know, they just know that he's supposed to be there at the apartment. That's his house or his home. She's there. He's not. What's going on? So hours, but she her body also had a fan on it. Yeah, and she had ice. So yeah. keep that in mind. I too. mean, they pretty much thought it was him, but they have to investigate. Right. They can't just you know. And it was a twelve-hour difference, wasn't it? Exactly. So he might have been set, like you said, setting the alibi up. Yeah, or mm-hmm. running. Give him time. Buy him time. That's right. They found some surveillance at a Rite Aid hours after her death, um, after beating her to death, where Bond was purchasing cleaning supplies. And ice. Bond also used Danielle's BlackBerry phone and sent texts as if from her that she was walking the dog and hadn't seen Bond. He texted that everything's okay and that Bond stayed the night at a friend's house. So obviously, you know, he's trying to preserve the body, right. keep the death smell under control, create an alibi. So to me, he, he was going to run. He yeah. was either, if he couldn't get out of it, which I think he might have... Figured out there was just too much evidence against him. Because, again, he wasn't dumb. He was an intelligent person. But like we say, you know, criminals, they're not they're not smart. They're just lucky. This case, he is actually a, an intelligent person. But, again, he kept going back and forth and how he would do things, and it's confusing. Well, he set it all up. Premeditation. That's not insane. I don't think killing her was necessarily premeditation, no. actually. Making an alibi. Well, I think he's probably... Wanted to kill her uh-huh. multiple times, right. and then he finally 
did. Did. But whether he uh, decided that day and, you know, used the dog to get her there, I don't know. I couldn't find any evidence, but it wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he um, sends the text messages. He buys himself some time. He then left New York. He drove through New Jersey, ended up in Chicago. Surveillance got him at an ATM in Washington, D.C. But again, this is where things get weird, and I have not been able to figure it out. His lawyer said that he wasn't trying to flee the crime scene because he wrote a note admitting he killed her. And he did. Oh, he wrote a note? The note he was setting up his own alibi? The note was cradled in Danielle's arm in the bathtub. Cradled in her arm. Mm -hmm. It was an accident. It was an accident. It was an accident. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if between the time he did that, like if he was trying to set up an accident defense, which is stupid, he beat her face in, Mm -hmm. or... It's just, it's a weird thing. So if you take the note, then it can't be he was trying to buy himself some time because he literally put a note on her body that he did it and it was an accident. So I'm wondering if it was to preserve the body. It just is weird. I can't figure it out. But his actions before, like he changed his mind, could have been set up an alibi after the fact. But then he realized there's no yeah. way. Yeah. I think he was trying to flee 100%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also um, learned that uh, the phone tip that came in about uh, domestic violence at the apartment, which led to the discovery of her body, was from him. If it was done at the apartment, though, they couldn't trace that phone to that apartment? Well, so. I don't know. But so he called. He's the one that left the tip. Oh, what? Why? I don't know. That's why I'm saying. He wasn't of sound mind. I I can't figure it out. Why would you leave a tip like that? He called the again to set up an alibi. I don't know. He called two days after the murder for police to check on her because they had fought. Maybe a time. The time. Oh, as himself? He called as himself? I don't know. I don't know if he said what his name was. He just, uh, I'm assuming he did because he said they fought. And he he wanted the police to check on her. Wow. Yeah. See what I mean? This, it's weird. When I think it's one way, then something else is said. Yes. Like he's not. alibi. Yeah. So you have fleeing an alibi, yet you call in the tip, you leave the note. Well, alibi fleeing. Like, I still think that he's trying to do both. But how but can he note, do both? Though. Because the note he admitted and he called in to the, the to tip. To do safety. That's just. No, I feel like he's going back and forth. Like, like he's trying, trying to, to set up an what alibi he wants to do. and then flee. Yeah. Maybe. I think he was for sure trying to get away. Right. Uh, and not get arrested. But whether it was to be away forever, I don't know. Because he actually didn't run that Did far. How yeah. far did he go? Well, we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, now, he, now here's one thought I did have. I wondered if he was buying time, if he was hoping his mother would get him out of the country. Mm. That's what I'm wondering. She probably would have. I don't know. I don't know if she would have. Uh, She's a millionaire. I wouldn't have. But his lawyer, no, wouldn't have. his lawyer went on to say that he was just, he was contemplating him, you know, suicide. That's why it took him so long to. Well, then why didn't he, he hear just that do a it? lot? Yeah, they all say that. 
Yeah, I think he's, I mean, to me, he's so narcissistic that I think he was hoping his mother would get him out of the country. That's what I think. But we don't know for sure. Then, on top of that, so he does all these strange activities. Then he left a message for his ex-girlfriend saying, I'm in serious trouble. Danielle and I went out together on Saturday night. We were both, uh, we both were, got intoxicated, had a disagreement, and I blacked out, and Daniel is dead. Uh, He also sent an email to his mother. He's like all over the place. I blacked out. But yet, he knew all he, the he can write. Details and he wrote the note. Right. So he sends this to his mother and he says, Dear Mom, I sincerely apologize for missing our dinner this evening. Additionally, <laughs> I no longer have access to my phone. In fact, I am or will be in a lot of trouble. And as a result, I am currently on the run. I have worked hard to get my life in order, but my past unresolved psychological and emotional issues has come back to haunt me. I'll make this brief and to the point. There was an accident on Saturday night. Danny and I got into an argument at an event a friend of mine was hosting. I went home drunk and she stayed out. When Danny got home, she woke me from my drunken she woke me from my drunken coma and the fight continued. It got physical, but I don't remember anything. I completely blacked out. I woke up the next morning to find her unconscious and not breathing. I panicked and fed, fled the city. I need your help. I'm begging you to please retain an attorney for me as soon as possible. I can't use the internet long, as I'm sure law enforcement can trace the IP address. So I will wrap it up for now. I will follow up with you tomorrow once I've had an opportunity to purchase a disposable prepaid phone. I haven't stopped crying. Oh, poor baby. Yeah. Or started eating. I was going to propose to Danny, sad face. I have thought about taking my life many times, and it still may come to that. Know that I love you dearly, and I'm sorry for all the trouble I've caused. You're firstborn. Well, that's manipulative. He's blaming her in many situations, but right off the bat, he apologizes for missing their dinner. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then the pity party. Yeah. And so her response was, I will get you a lawyer. You have to turn yourself in. It's interesting. She doesn't say, love you, mom. She signed it by her name. That will come to light pretty quick. Police also discovered that Bond had repeatedly and violently violently threatened Danielle and accused her of repeated lies and broken promises. He suspected her of getting in touch with an ex-boyfriend, and Bond was afraid she was leaving him. Even the morning of the night they went out for drinks, Bond was accusing Danielle of this ex-boyfriend leading to arguments. You know, it's just interesting that after the beating, she called him to meet for drinks. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what we're saying. That's why it's we're doing these crazy. cases. Yeah. It, you know, people don't typically think you're going to get murdered. No. So they don't take things seriously. Like, who thinks your Wall Street lawyer boyfriend is going to kill you? I know a lot of people probably think that they should know. But remember, I told the story when my relative came to visit and robbed us and all mm-hmm. sorts of stuff. Because if you don't think like that. You don't see it coming because you don't think like those people yeah. mm-hmm. that are like that. But I think if you have someone that's beating the hell out of you, yeah, that should be a good indicator because out. at the very least, that's a person who has no control over mm-hmm. their emotion. Actually, yeah. they don't want control over their mm-hmm. emotions. No, because if they did, they wouldn't continue to do it. Right. Well, mm-hmm. they found Bond eating dinner with his mother and lawyer. 
Oh, good. That's how they found him? Good. By a tip So or he what? got that mill in. Nice. Good for him. He was arrested and charged with murder, and his mother paid for his legal fees. And I guarantee you it wasn't McDonald's. No. No, they were at a restaurant. Right. Okay, so this is, he's now arrested, and he is discussing Danielle, okay? Oh, this recording of that? She was ambitious. She was fun-loving. She liked to travel, and she wasn't afraid to... You know, engage in, in risky activity, swimming with sharks. But you felt like you couldn't trust her. Yeah, and, I mean, I really wanted to, but my, I think my insecurity had just wouldn't let me. Hmm. Not a tier one. Oops. Whoa. And why? Goodness. Why didn't he trust her? She gave no reason not to trust her. Right. There was no reason to not trust uh, her. And uh, but yeah, there was no emotion. And I'm insecure. So you beat her head in because you're insecure. Because you're insecure. Yeah. He um, obviously doesn't want to take responsibility for what he did. Didn't in the mother's letter he say something about the demon? Not the demon. Those aren't exact words. Are coming out from his past? I don't know. He might have. Yeah. So wonder what was in his past. Well, we're going to get into that. So that's so fake, right there. I'm not quite sure. sure if Bond knew that this had happened, but as he was killing Danielle, she pocket dialed her phone. And called one of her co-workers they had been visiting with. And then the murder was recorded in a voicemail. Oh. So you can hear Bond calmly speaking, uh, explaining to Danielle that he's going to kill her. Danielle was strangled repeatedly. She begged him to stop. Told him she was not dating her ex. She kept telling him that she loved him. He would let up. She'd say something. And then he'd start strangling her again. He also beat her viciously. The attack lasted 60 minutes oh, boy. after the initial 911 call that the police didn't respond to. So he was torturing That's her. Right. This isn't like an act of rage or you know a blind jealousy where he's killing her. He wants to make her suffer. And that's a sadist. That's a, yep. a psychopath. And I was watching a, a 48 Hours last night. It was the same thing. This lady was dating a corrections officer at Rikers and she finally got away and uh, she had to go by their house I don't remember if it's to get some things and he shot her 10 times she lived she lived but she said this wasn't a quick he shot me he would shoot me and then torment her and then shoot her again like in the arm and in the leg this reminds me of that so this isn't some type of deal where, you know, he was lost in his rage. He very calmly did it. So they have the transcript. Uh, I couldn't find the audio because, you know, they don't release all of it. But she kept saying, Jason, I love you. You need help is what she would say. And then you could hear her screaming and choking. Please, I need an answer. Why did you call that number? And then she said, I love you. Why did you call? I didn't. So what? So what happened? I can't breathe. Help me, Jason. Danielle, you have got to. How does it feel? You have to. One more time. And I'm just going to go out. I, I, 
why did you call? Horse breath. She shrieked, I love you. No, he kept asking her that. He was hoarse. He said, I love you. When he was shrieking, why did you call that number? She said, I didn't help me. So tell me what happened. I don't know. Okay. Okay. You don't know. You don't know. I believe that. I believe that. And then he howls. Uh. And then she said, I love you. And Danielle, why did you call that number? You have five seconds. And then, then I'm going to kill you. And then she couldn't talk. And then he said, F, why did you call that number? And she said, I didn't. Can you honestly tell me? She said, you're my partner. I pledge. He howls again and then says, Jason, come on. This is all your fault, God, to himself. And then Danielle said, my partner might have called you. And then like something about Andrew's partner or somebody. I know it, Jason, help me. And then he's like, Danielle, your phone, why the dog barking in the background? Then he says, there's like seven seconds of silence. And then he said, you have five seconds. I'm going to let you up. And then you need to answer quickly or else you die. Why did you call the number? Why did you call? Danielle, you know by this time you're so stupid. You think I'm going to stop? I won't stop. Why did you call the number? Danielle, I'm going to ask you, ask you, why did you call the number? Now, at this point, she's not able to even know. Like, he, he kept asking her that, and she's like, what number? And he said the 508, and then she couldn't say anything. He said, you have no idea. And then she kept telling him that she loves him. And, uh, and then he said, excuse me, Danielle, Danielle, you're going to have to listen to me quickly. And she said, I'm choking. He said, because this is your life. She said, I know. Why did you call 508? She said, I didn't. I swear to you. And he kept asking. She said, I never. I love you, Jason. And he said, Danielle, you don't have a lot of time. And she said, I didn't do it. And then she said, I can't breathe. He said, how does it feel? I'll get you one quickie. Why did you call that number? And she said, I didn't. And then he said, Danielle, why? Danielle, I can't hurt you anymore. Why did you call? She kept trying to say it. She said, Jason, I love you. Why did you call? I found it in a book. Why did you? I don't know who that is. And then you don't know. And she said, like New Orleans? Like she literally doesn't know what number he is talking about. He may not either. He may have just saw a random number. In her phone. So the friend that got the voicemail and the one that also the girl that said you probably shouldn't go back home that night, she was going to get her dog and then she was going to leave. Bond snatched her phone from her hand when she entered the apartment, saw the number, didn't recognize it, and began accusing Danielle of cheating on him. At 3.20 a.m., the number... That number was dialed post the 911 call, so she must have had time to call 911. He snatched the phone, and then the friend's number was dialed, and that's what recorded the voicemail. So her murder was recorded. Um, But that number, if I'm not mistaken, was the coworkers that they saw at the night where they were. Yeah, at the bar. Wouldn't you think she would lie? I mean, I guess you're not thinking when you're getting murdered, but I would have said anything to appease him. But um, uh, well, I don't, know don't voicemails stop recording at two, two and a half minutes? They might. I don't know, but they got all of that. It could have been a two minute. It was just 
reading it? Well, it was silent for seven. Oh. Huh. So I'm not sure, but they, they got him red-handed. They hear him murdering. Wow. Yeah. Uh, she, they also found a text message that Bond sent a friend 30 minutes after killing her where he told his friend, I just wanted her out of my life. She's been nothing but trouble. So it only recorded the strangulation, not the beating? So the beating must have been Well, the beating was a different time. No, No. the head damage and whatnot. Oh, probably. I mean, to me, he strangles her, and then it gets recorded, so I'm wondering if maybe he was beating her before he decided to strangle her. Yeah. Could be. The voicemail was used in court, obviously. Um, It was vicious. And they uh, charged him with first-degree murder. So the defense was trying to say that he blacked out. He didn't mean to kill her. And they're like, no, we have the the voicemail. And he's on there very calmly saying, you have five seconds to live. So it wasn't this rage and blah, blah. Yeah. He's very methodical. However, he would like moan or he would howl uh, yeah, out. That's what the howling. I don't know. That's sort of bizarre. Possession. I don't know. Sounds like demons. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, possession. From the start, Bond, again, claims he doesn't remember murdering, murdering her, but then he does remember arguing and grabbing her wrist and maybe even pushing her, which is a typical response right. because it'll be like, they'll minimize right. their role in it. He said, waking up and my head was spinning. I was still in my clothes. I went to the bedroom. She was unconscious. I picked her up and ran her to the bathroom, stripped off her clothes, and ran cold water on her and tried to revive her. He said that he began to realize he must have killed her, and then he started crying hysterically. That's when he left the message for his ex-girlfriend and the email for his mother. He also smoked weed before preserving her body and leaving the apartment. Trying to calm down. Wow. A doctor, Alexander Sasha Barty, which is a Harvard-educated forensic psychiatrist and consultant for Law & Order SVU. (laughs) Great show. Yeah. (laughs) Spent six to seven hours with Bond on three separate uh, sessions. He was hired by the defense, and they also wanted his expert testimony to Bond's, quote, serious mental illness. Dr. Barty concluded that Bond suffered from intermittent explosive disorder. A mental illness with bouts of loss of control and anger and violence. He said, I described him as the Hulk. I mean, this is a metaphor, and the metaphor is for someone who is one minute calm and rational, and then because of some trigger, turns into an angry monster. Okay. That'll never work. Well. I mean, it happens with serial killers, anyone that kills. Right. I mean, they don't. uh... So, intermittent explosive disorder Back in my day, right. that was just someone that has an anger problem and is, is a wimp that beats his you know, wife yeah. or yeah. his girlfriend. Yeah. It's like yeah. they, um, they create so many different diagnoses to just fit bad behavior, yep. evil, yep. sinning. They have to yep. have a reason. Yeah, and they're tr- trying yeah. to get them off. I mean, obviously that's their job, but you keep putting all these people in boxes of diagnoses. Before you know it, no one's going to go to jail. Yeah.
It's like it's happening and you're just watching. Yeah. I've heard that saying a lot or that comment a lot. Yeah. So I can see things like that. This is not that. No. He is a crappy, you know, person who beat her because he was insanely jealous, insecure, had rejection problems. He was definitely a nerd and he had mommy issues. And so for me, it's like, why are you trying to say there was a reason behind this other than the fact that he chose to murder yes, this girl. Correct. Right. That's exactly what he did. And torture, not don't forget the torture. Yeah, tortured and not just her. that day. I'm sure it was going on for Exactly. He has a history of beating her. Yeah. And I'm curious if he had any other girlfriends or was she the first one? That's did what I not? was wondering about the ex-girlfriend. It's like, was there any history there? I don't think it's in my notes. So I'm not sure what his past romantic life was. To go to a killer, he had to have a past of some kind. I don't know. Ex. I mean, if that was his first serious girlfriend, maybe not. Well. He was a nerd. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he went to college. He's a lawyer. I find it hard to believe that'd be his I don't. Serious. I mean, look at him. I'm just kidding. Okay. The source, you mean with the fake tears there? The doctors were saying that the source of this mental... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no mm-hmm. tears. He looks horrible. He Well, he's eating well. Yes, in prison. Yeah, he How gained some weight. How they always do? They always gain weight in prison. Raymond noodles, I've heard, for real. Oh. Or ramen noodles, however the heck you want ramen. to say them. I ramen. say Raymond. I'm from Texas. Because when you see him at later... Oh, well, I am too, but the, uh, I don't say Raymond. Carry pictures on. of Carry people, on. they're huge. Yeah. Now, the source, according to the doctor of his mental illness, was Bond was abandoned as a child. Who wasn't? And the threat... <laughs> right. Um, man. Okay. And the threat of Danielle leaving was a trigger. He says that the trauma began with Bond's mother. His mother was a pregnant teenager living in the Bronx when she married Bond's father and then had another child, Bond's brother. But his mother wasn't interested in domestic life. She kicked their father out. And the father wasn't any better. He was abusive. She probably had um, good reasons for kicking him out. But what she did next is beyond comprehension. Uh, Okay, so this is him. Let me see if I can find that picture. This is him as a kiddo. And even that looks creepy to me. Mm. Uh, From three to nine, his mother began to disengage from her sons. At some point, Bond went to live with his grandmother, who might have been schizophrenic. That was the doctor's opinion, though. I didn't, couldn't find any proof of that, but he was concerned that she might have been. Bond told the doctor that she would talk to herself and peed on the floor regularly. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a sign. The doctor's trying yeah. to obviously tie, yeah. you know, mental illness in the family. He said, and how do we know that's true? Right. We, I would want to know what the brother says, right. you know, if the brother saw that. Yeah. He said that there were, quote, imaginary people that she dealt with. When he turned nine, the mother remarried and at this point completely severed ties with both of her boys. She wanted to put them in a group home, but instead, Bond was sent to live with his father in Miami. And then this is how he described life with his father. He put my hand on the stove because I told him I turned the stove off and it wasn't turned off. Another time he was drunk, brought out his shotgun, so I ran. Bond says that he called his uh, mother for help. And that I was telling her that my father was beating me. And she said, oh, you know, just stick it out. You know, once things settle down, I'm going to take custody of you. Wow. But his mother was never going to bring Jason to live with her. Instead, she found an apartment to rent in Westchester for Jason to live again with his grandmother. I was, you know, hanging out with the bad kids, stealing stuff, and just angry that I wasn't going to live with my mother. His grandmother moved to an assisted living facility. At 14 years, Jason was living alone until the authorities got involved. Court papers were filed. 
Jason was a neglected child left alone without adequate food to sustain him, so they charged the mom with neglect and abandonment, and then he became a ward of the state. Good. Once the charges were filed, the mother then submitted papers of her own, now get this, describing Jason as verbally abusive, that he brought knives to school, Mm -hmm. and that she requested he be placed with social services. Bond spent the rest of his childhood in group homes in his rage group. Okay, so at first, Mm. I'm like, what a piece of work, this mother, right? Mm, Right. But here's the deal. You see this all the time. You got a kid that's a psychopath from the beginning. Yes. No conscience and dangerous. She may not have known what to do with them. Yeah. Yeah, but she had two. Right. And she did it to both of them. Yeah. She, yeah, she gave up both kids. But it doesn't go into the brother's history. Right. And that was pretty sorry. I think there's like a combination. I think that she wanted a career. She yeah. wanted, you know, she didn't want the domestic life. She didn't want any of that. She was very ambitious. I think that part sucks. Maybe you should take birth control, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So that was irresponsible, but was he dangerous from the time he is little? Well, I don't know. Does the brother, he ever testify? I've never found anything about the brother. I wonder if he's still alive. Records show that the homes where he was kept, they repeatedly documented efforts to engage the mother in Jason's treatment, but she refused to be involved. She said that she was too busy with her work. And that she can't be a part of anything having to do with her son. Now, she sounds crazy. I think she's a psychopath, too. Yeah. Quite honestly, you just leave your kids and, and don't want to have anything to do with them. And you don't want don't to take any them. part no. in helping them. So, to me, that, I mean, maybe the apple didn't far too fall, far yep. too fall, far, no, fall, fall far. too far from the tree. And fall the grandmother, the was that her mother? Oh, I don't know. The grandmother had was a schizophrenic. Potentially. Yeah. Supposedly. Well, according to him. Yeah. Who knows? Hmm. Now, Jason knew all this. He knew that his mother didn't want to have anything to do with him or his help. Now, my question again, was he always difficult? Was he a killer in the making? Uh, I don't know. But either way, she felt incapable of taking care of him. Plus, I think she was a poop bird yeah, mother yeah. that yeah. doesn't deserve the title. Um now, eventually, Dr. or Bond met with Dr. John Piacenti, who uh, had also overcome a rough childhood. So he's in the home, he's getting treatment, and he meets this doctor, and he encouraged Jason to get his GED and then go to college. That's when Bond got a scholarship to Columbia, wow. the Ivy League, and that's when he became a Wall Street lawyer. But the anger was still there. And again, when the relationship with Daniel Sour, Danielle soured, Bond lost it and killed her in a rage. So that's what they're saying that, you know, he had such a rough time. You know, he had a mother that didn't want him. He was angry and that Danielle was an accomplished woman like his mother. And it was like this whole thing was replaying again. Now, you guys know me. I know that the brain can associate stuff weirdly. You know, it's mm-hmm. like I just had a mentoring client this week where... Uh, his wife wants to move. He's been kind of dragging his feet. And then in the course of discussions, we learned that when he moved to where he's living now, it was a disaster. His former wife, who passed away, um, gave up her little girl to move with him, and he didn't know it. And so she gave her to the ex-husband. Yeah. He and didn't know? He had no idea. She shows up, and he's like, where's your daughter? 
And she said, oh, I gave him custody. She's staying with him. Well, he has lived with shame for 40 plus years. He never wanted that. And he was in over his head, but he never wanted her to get rid of his, you know, her daughter. And um, so, you know, the brain, that was so traumatic. It was now associating this move with that. Sure. You absolutely. Know? So I can get that. There's but a line. this is crap. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Wonder just if in, because she's ambitious. I wonder if in college if there's they don't have any reports in being violent or anything. Well, uh, I thought I because thought there was something where and then you go yeah and just torture and murder historically there's also typically issues in group homes as well yeah. I mean that's I think just he a, did stab somebody in a group home I'm sure if oh, yeah. I'm not mistaken okay. or threatened with a knife I thought I had it in my notes Which but I'm not she seeing mentioned it. knives yeah 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 uh, now you know obviously here he is he kills her. Uh, but again, he enjoyed torturing her. Intermittent explosive disorder. It's been in psychiatric manuals for 30 years. I had no idea. Three doctors, including one for the, for the prosecution, said he suffered from it. So all of the doctors agreed. Oh. But still, you still have a responsibility. You still have choices to make. You can yeah. still get help. Well, and not only that, but the only thing they're trying to do is minimize his sentence because oh, yeah. he was sane. He covered up the crime and he ran. So the legal definition is he didn't know what he did was wrong. The fact that he covered it and tried to preserve the body, open the window so it wouldn't start smelling, tells everyone he knew what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. Okay, uh, they said that over the years, Jason Bond exhibited some deeply violent and disturbing behavior. It ranged from choking girlfriends to flying off the handle at people over insignificant things. There was an incident where a friend of his put his feet on his table and he became so intensely angry about it that his pupil took over his eye and went completely black. Oh, my word. One uh, of his friends even recalled a time when he talked to him about his mother and he would suddenly go go from being this nice guy into like Jekyll and Hyde. Now, the defense also pointed out that he had several relationships before Danielle, uh, but he didn't kill them. So I guess he did have romantic relationships. The defense said that proved their point and that Danielle was a, quote, deeper, more profound relationship, according to Dr. Barty. And another point the doctor makes is after Bond and Danielle started dating, his mother came back into his life at that time. Which is a trigger. That's a huge trigger. yeah. Why did she come back, do you know? Out of the blue. Just came back. Yeah. And offered to help Danielle with her career. Well, that's interesting. So, again, I can see the triggers. Absolutely. But not torturing your girlfriend to death. It's almost like all the anger he felt, he just took it out on her. She just happened to be the one that was at the end when the volcano exploded. He probably wished it would have been his mother. Maybe. She apologized for what happened in his childhood uh, when she came back into his life. And then Bond was like a mixture of emotions. He was happy she was back, but he was also really angry. And that anger reignited. The doctor believes that his rage was actually toward his mother, not Danielle, leading to her murder. The prosecutor said it didn't matter if he suffered from mental illness. But if he was uh, sane during the time of the murder, that's what mattered. The calm and cool way he killed Danielle proved he wasn't insane. 
and the jury agreed that he tortured her and that he enjoyed killing her. Yeah. He was found guilty, sentenced to life uh, without parole, and his mother never attended the trial. Yeah. Not once. Mm-mm. But I she testified. Yeah. So uh, this is New York, yes? Yeah. Do they not have the death penalty? No. Oh, they don't? Should have been in Texas. Right. He'd probably be dead at this point. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now, during the impact statements, the grandmother and mother talked about how three weeks before he murdered her, her mother asked what she would say if he had proposed to her. So the, the mom asked Danielle and the grandma, like, what are you going to say if he proposes? And she got a big smile on her face and said, I'd accept. Wow. Jason addressed the court. Danny and I were best friends that planned to marry. Nana and mom were my adopted family. Then he turned to Danielle's mother and grandmother. Nana and mom, I don't know what to say. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I don't know how this happened, he said in tears. So he addressed her mother and grandmother by mom and Nana. I probably... Wow. I would have lost my... Right. Oh, my word. Yep. Yep. He doesn't know what happened. And then, when he was being led away, he was saying, I'm so sorry, I love you. Wow. And the grandmother felt that he meant it. Oh, boy. Let's let's move on. And then the mother said he showed remorse, I think, for the first time today. No, he doesn't have remorse. No. And that's in that right there. (laughs) See, that's where I get agitated, is what I'm talking about. Danielle was raised by two women who sound like strong women, but also very kind. Yeah. You've got to equip your child to be smart, to be rude when they need to be rude. Because her example of what it meant to be a good person and a Christian actually made her, you know, just susceptible to yeah. what occurred. Yeah. And, and I remember, like, when Kent started dating, you know, his wife, uh, I, I, you know, he'd never seen conflict. Like, you know, me and Mike, we hardly fight at all. And when he was growing up, I mean, I think like 20 years went by before, you know, right. or no, 15, before he ever even saw a fight, I think. And um, so he didn't know how to deal with conflict. So I had to teach him to deal with conflict. But I should have equipped him before, you know, he snuck out one night and I'm all, where have you been? You know? <laughs> and then it's because they had gotten in a fight and he couldn't handle it. He couldn't handle being uncomfortable and there being a rift between the two. So I had to coach him on that. So that's the thing. It's like, you know, definitely raise your children to be kind and raise them to be, you know, smart and accomplished and all that. But give them street smarts, right? Right. Okay. Um, now, she, her mother wore the dress that she bought to the funeral. So the one that she bought for the trip to see his mom, That's she wore weird. that to the funeral. That's weird. And then they're also suing the NYPD for not responding to the 911 call. Good. Oh, good. Now, um, did the mom go to the funeral, his mother? I don't know. Probably not. I okay. wouldn't think so. Man, the dog sure would want her yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want her there. No. Okay. But she was pretty a psychopath. I mean, would probably think nothing of showing up. Yeah. Yeah. So here are my thoughts. Yes. I believe he was controlling. I believe Agree. he love bombed her. Agree. I believe he was abusive probably from the start. Agree. Is what hmm. I'm thinking. I think it's from the start. I don't think so. I think it was when the mom came into the picture. Oh, good I point. I don't know. It's hard to tell. 
I mean, you don't just turn abusive. So he had to at least have some mental and emotional and controlling factors because that's yes. abuse too. You know what right. I mean? The right. physical aspect, I believe, started after the mother personally. Yeah, maybe. Danielle wanted to change him, and her Christian faith gave her a fa- false sense of feeling that she could. Um, you know, we're supposed to welcome people. We're supposed to be loving, but it doesn't mean that you stay with someone that's abusive and violent. I think she realized that she had had to get out, but her love for her dog led to a really bad choice that night. And wisdom would have been to get the police to mm-hmm. escort you to the apartment and get your dog, get your dog. that way. Yeah. yeah. I also believe that Jason's a liar. Um, I do believe he was abused and abandoned, but there are many people that are, and they don't kill their girlfriends. Um, oh, I, and torture. Right. And leave her naked in a bathtub. Yeah. I don't, Humiliator. I don't buy the mental illness aspect. I think he was full of rage. Danielle was a possession. And when he realized he was about to lose her, he killed her. Yeah. I believe he was extremely jealous because he's an insecure poop bird. And then get this. This is what he dictated as a message for his brother to post on Facebook while he was in the psych ward after he killed her. Okay? Shakespeare couldn't have written a sadder romantic tragedy. I suspected she was a cheater. At the very least, I gradually confirmed she was a compulsive liar, particularly with regard to relations with the opposite sex, both past and present. As a result, I grew insecure and abusive. It was her. In hindsight, one of us should have walked away, but I was already madly in love with her. I was also extremely mad, both meanings. The night in question, in all honesty, it was an accident. In short, I was heavily intoxicated under a great deal of stress and completely blacked out. I woke up the next morning in complete shock. My knuckles were bruised badly and she was on the floor unconscious. Without a doubt, she was the love of my life. And in the end, I don't have enough emotional capital capital left for a trial and years behind bars. I miss her so so much. Currently housed at the Bellevue Mental Hospital Prison Ward, I alternate between crying uncontrollably in my cell while I stare at her office building from my window <gasps> to fighting with other inmates over food. As some of you may know, uh, already know, I was institutionalized as an abused and abandoned child. Clearly, despite all my hard work, I never recovered. I'm not going through that again. Thank you for being my friends. My very heartfelt sorry to all the people I heard over the years, especially her and her family and friends. God bless. Please pray for me. Now that pisses me off. He didn't work at anything. There was no proof he went and got help for anything. Guys, his knuckles were bruised. Why would he put that on there? First of all, manipulation. Yes. But you know, the sad part, even if she'd have left, he'd have never left her alone. No. People like that never until one but of them dies. Here's how we know it's not mental illness. He's still really angry. Mm-hmm. Is he throws her under the bus again in that message after she's dead? It's all about I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I. And I grew into this angry person because she was a compulsive liar. Yeah, because of her. And she wasn't going out on him. No, and that that's was the sad all part. in his head. And it was still in his head even when he was in the hospital. Yep. So he he had no responsibility taken no. whatsoever. The God bless part pisses me off. <laughs> and, and please uh, pray for me. Yeah, that God bless thing. I had to deal with that once before. And I took everything I had 
my mouth opened and I was about to say, I don't need you to tell me. God bless me. God blesses me. I don't need it from you. (laughs) That's like, that's special. Yeah. I wonder if his mother has ever visited him and I'd be surprised. Doubt it. Probably not. I wouldn't. I don't know. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a final torture, a final vengeful act while he was there. And he wasn't sorry for anything. And if his family ever listens to this podcast, I highly doubt it. But if they do, they need to know he was not sorry for anything no. he did. No. Also, I wonder if like the physical part that he um, commented on, the bruised um, knuckles. knuckles was kind of a, a brag. I think so. Yeah. That's why it made me Sounds mad. Like that, was, that part was what made me mad because you you instantly get a mental visual, right? Yeah. Of that, and so that would be torture to her family and to her friends. And so, to me, it was just another way to just punch Stick her in the it. face. Yep. And how hard he was hitting that poor thing to, to be bruise so his bruised. knuckles. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't remember anything, <sighs> right? Okay, right. Yeah. So this one, this is why I was so angry, but also why I wanted to do this one because Absolutely. there's so much in it that if people will pay attention you know, mm-hmm. then they can be safe. But some people, even if they know to get out, they just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Be rude. Not yet, Mother. Not yet. All right. Are you sure? I just... Be safe. Be rude. No. Stay safe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Lane, how could you not know? Oh, really? You know, just just protect yourselves. Okay, people? Stay smart. Be smart. It's be smart. Be smart. Pause. pause. Everyone that's listening to this, I want you to write into me, okay? So I want you to go to our Instagram page, Outline of a Murder, or I want you to go to our Facebook page, Outline of a Murder, or I want you to go to our website, OutlineofAMurderPodcast.com, and I want you guys to tell me what you think that after three years of doing this podcast, they cannot remember two words. Be smart. Be smart. Be Be rude. rude. I'm so sorry. Where's yours? You didn't say yours. Don't be a victim. Okay, then. All right. Outline of a Murder is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? Ah!